Reporting from Cisco Security Intelligence Operations, this is the Cyber Risk Report. The Cyber Risk Report is a strategic intelligence product created by Cisco analysts that highlights current security issues in mid- to long-range perspectives. The report addresses seven major risk management categories, including vulnerability, physical, legal, trust, identity, human, and geopolitical. This report covers the time period of August 20th through August 26th, 2012. Vulnerability activity for the period was consistent with previous periods. Highlights include the release of additional technical information for several of the Microsoft vulnerabilities that were reported in the August 2012 Security Bulletin release, and a new vulnerability reported in MSChap v2 authentication. Cisco released multiple uh, IntelliShield alerts that describe vulnerabilities in Cisco NXOS iOS software and AnyConnect that were included in product release node enclosures. McAfee reported an authentication bypass vulnerability impacting McAfee email and web security appliance and email gateway and multiple cross-site scripting vulnerabilities in the administrative console. Symantec reported multiple privilege escalation vulnerabilities in sshelper.dll that affect the Symantec endpoint protection and network access control in May 2012, which now have uh, proof-of-concept exploit code publicly available. Functional code that exploits CVE-2012-2977, Symantec Web Gateway Management Console Multiple Vulnerabilities, reported in July of 2012, is available as part of the Metasploit framework. Other vulnerability activity included the reporting of a show config errors.php path and information disclosure vulnerability and multiple cross-site scripting vulnerabilities in PHP MyAdmin. Proof-of-concept exploit code is publicly available for a cross-site scripting vulnerability in Open Technology Real Services Help Desk and ITSM. Wireshark contains multiple vulnerabilities that could allow an unauthenticated remote attacker to cause a denial of service condition or execute arbitrary code on an affected system. A new version of Wireshark is available uh, that corrects these vulnerabilities. In ICS SCADA activity, researchers reported a Siemens RuggedCom ROS hard-coded RSA private PKI SSL key information disclosure vulnerability impacting multiple router and switch products that are widely used in SCADA systems. ICS CERT has released a, an advisory and Siemens is investigating the vulnerabilities. Sources reported that as many as half a million users, uh, primarily in China, have been impacted by the SMS zombie on Android phones. New research is showing that the previously reported Crisis Trojan, which was already known to infect multiple operating system platforms, is now targeting virtual systems. The Breba malicious code that was originally reported as targeting U.S. defense industries has now expanded to additional targets outside the defense industry. IntelliShield published 126 events last week, 64 new events, and 62 updated events. These alerts are available via the IntelliShield Alert Manager service. Visit www.cisco.com slash go slash IntelliShield for more information. Moving on to the physical risk management category. The University of Michigan, in a partnership with the U.S. Department of Transportation, is piloting a $22 million U.S. dollar study of smart car technology in hopes to reduce automobile crashes and improve traffic congestion. The potential of this technology is enormous because motor vehicle crashes are the leading cause of death among those aged 5 to 34 in the U.S. 
This recent study is the first step toward widespread production that's sanctioned by the U.S. Department of Transportation. For now, researchers are examining how drivers react to audible alerts of crash warnings and unseen lane changes by other vehicles. Eventually, the technology could be linked to physical braking and uh, acceleration of the vehicle, or what's known as driverless vehicles. Complete systems, which have already been demonstrated successfully, include aircraft-style black box recorders, uh, front and rear-facing radar, GPS navigation, and computing platform. Security on these new vehicle systems is no different than the equivalent stationary wireless system. That being said, widespread use of this vehicle technology is inevitable. Disparate bits of this technology are already in use. IKEA and others use automated wireless forklifts in warehouses to find and haul furniture. Police and buses use video and data recorders. Toll booths have been replaced with transponders. OnStar can disable your vehicle, your phone record locations. Uh, but who will be responsible for a crash when these systems fail? Who will update the hardware or software when a vulnerability is found? Who will pay for the infrastructure to support the technology? And how secure can we make these systems? Only time frames are uncertain because of the implications for liability, cost, and privacy. And next, in the legal risk management category, Apple and Samsung have been in an extended uh, case involving dispute over patent rights and infringement over those patents. The case went to the jury this weekend, and a ruling's now been returned in favor of Apple, awarding over $1 billion U.S. dollars in damages. Based on the ruling, uh, Apple has now requested an injunction of sales in the U.S. of, of Samsung smartphones and tablets. The patents in question include several features developed for smartphones, and particularly touchscreen capabilities. Although the courts ruled in favor of Apple, there's still many questions over the impact of this ruling, both in the U.S. and globally. And Samsung smartphones and tablets are some of the most popular models worldwide, and while this ruling only impacts U.S. sales, future cases could expand the impact globally. Many global analysts believe that although this ruling found in Apple's favor, the companies will eventually reach an agreement to allow the continued Samsung sales and models to be available and supported. It could cost Samsung billions more to reach a settlement agreement with Apple, but the likely impact in consumers would be the potential increased costs of uh, Samsung models. And next, in the trust risk management category... In a recent evaluation of top threats to investors, the North American Securities Administrators Association reported the top emerging threat as the crowdfunding investments. Crowdsourcing investments are presented as fundraising or projects requesting donations or investments from websites. The most common type of threat reported by the NASAA is known as Reg D Rule 506 Private Offerings, which due to recent regulatory changes, are not registered with the Security and Exchange Commission. The NASAA also warned that due to the relaxed regulation of these types of investments, they're likely to become more widely marketed, further increasing the opportunity for fraud. The regulatory references are to the Jumpstart Our Business Startups Act, which changed many of the regulations involving these types of offerings and investments. The criminal opportunity behind these types of offerings is similar to other fraud, where a widely marketed offering will only require a small investment from a small percentage of individuals responding to the offering. 
those small percentages, when offered across the entire internet, can result in millions of dollars for the criminals. Many scams use this method to bilk money from those that considered the risk small uh, based on the investment amount, and will similarly seldom report the fraud due to the small investment loss or out of embarrassment from realizing they've been duped. All users should be aware of this method of fraud, exploit, or compromise, uh, where a mass marketing or distribution seemingly has a low risk and potentially disproportionate return. This type of fraud is often successful due to the small investment amount or cost, while it can result in millions for the criminals and usually nothing for the investor. And this week in the identity risk management category, WeKnowYourHouse.com, uh, a new site that brings awareness to location-aware web services, continues service after an earlier takedown. The site collects tweets that have attached GPS information from Twitter's location-aware services. The site then correlates uh, GPS information with where the Twitter users live and displays pictures and information near the user's home. The site follows in the footsteps of pleaserobme.com, which uses other location-aware services such as Foursquare. Both of these services demonstrate the relative ease in locating a given person in the real world from their online activities. Users with GPS-enabled smartphones and other devices may not be aware that they share location information and in network communications such as Twitter and other services. Policies and education about the safe use of GPS-enabled devices may prevent a large amount of unintended information disclosure. Businesses with identified risk that's related to the tracking of employees and assets may consider policies that govern the use of GPS services. If the risk of third parties tracking employees is unacceptable, organizations may consider a ban on GPS-enabled devices and services. And next, in the human risk management category... Each year, the Beloit College produces a mindset list that's associated with the entering class. The list is intended to provide a perspective to help readers better understand the class. This year's list provides some interesting insights, including the fact that the class has always lived in cyberspace, watches television everywhere but on a television, and before they purchase an assigned textbook, they'll investigate whether it's available for rent or purchase as an ebook. Each new generation brings its own perspective to the school and to the businesses where they'll intern and work. In addition to the college faculty, the mindset list can provide some much-needed insight into working and managing these new arrivals. As Cisco reported in the Cisco Connected World Technology Report study and the Cisco Annual Security Report, these new arrivals' perspectives, practices, and lifestyles can have a profound impact on policies, security practices, and daily user activity. Security teams and managers should carefully consider these perspectives when reviewing, updating, and creating security policies, acceptable use, and user policies. Otherwise, the most likely result is that the users will simply go around those policies and practices, and there will effectively be no policies and little insight into the real risks impacting an environment. And also in the human risk management category, on August 16, 2012, Brandon Raub, a 24-year-old veteran of the United States Marine Corps, was taken from his home in handcuffs. He was not arrested. He was not read his Miranda rights. He was not charged with the crime. 
under a Virginia state law that allows emergency detentions for mental health purposes, Mr. Raub was taken into custody by local authorities acting in cooperation with the FBI and Secret Service. He was then required to undergo a mental health evaluation and incarcerated against his will until Thursday, August 23rd, when a circuit court judge found the government's case to be without merit and ordered Mr. Raub's immediate release. What led to this fear of local, state, and federal law enforcement activity? Posts and commentary by Mr. Raub on Facebook. Uh, this case illustrates the widespread impact of communications that users may consider private or at least limited when posting these communications to social networking service. Um, users of these services should maintain heightened awareness of the persistent nature of online communications and the elevated risk of information leakage to unintended parties. A user may consider a certain service or web page private. However, the indiscriminate nature of the user associations and complex privacy controls of some services may lead to the exposure of sensitive and personal information. Organizations with intellectual property and trade secret concerns should consider implementing policies that govern the use of social networking services. And finally, in the geopolitical risk management category, the government of India blocked hundreds of websites and curbed texts and multimedia messaging for a fortnight in an attempt to restore calm among a subgroup of Hindu Indians uh, fearing violence from Pakistani Muslims, according to a variety of reports. Users in affected regions were limited to five texts a day, uh, prompting some to complain that the government was unfairly censoring them. It also potentially impacted revenues for mobile phone carriers. According to India's Home Minister, quote, elements based in Pakistan uh, had posted misleading photographs and issued threatening text messages, prompting the panic among migrant workers from India's northeast. Thousands of these workers attempted to flee from tech centers like Bangalore and Chennai, overwhelming train stations and buses. This incident illustrates the relative ease with which small groups or individuals may har harness low-cost electronic communications to spark public panic through threats and misinformation. Social media rumors in this case uh, encouraged thousands of people to react in a way that could have spawned stampedes or reprisal-type violence. It also demonstrates the challenges public authorities will face in the future if they turn off information spigots in, in the face of an emergency. Indeed, one, once a rumor has been widely distributed, uh, it's not clear whether turning off information conduits will have a calming effect or merely exacerbate the situation, while angering bystanders and hurting business. Finally, an editorial that blamed the incident in part on perceived complexity of Pakistani intelligence with the instigators and called for the Indian government to answer with a beefed-up cyber response capability is a troubling example of how quickly a non-state actor can inflame state-level confrontation in the cyber realm. This concludes the Cyber Risk Report for this week. To read the full report, Visit www.cisco.com slash go slash SIO and select the Cyber Risk Reports link. Tune in for next week's report from Cisco Security Intelligence Operations. Thanks for listening and stay safe.